0: everyone, welcome to Unshaken. I'm Julie Van Warmer and this is a podcast of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. Hey, today is our last episode of this season, Season 3. It has been a blast hanging out with you each Thursday, and I just really pray that this would be a podcast that would be a great encouragement to you, that it would be helpful, that it would give you some good wisdom, as you and I both have listened to a lot of pre-recorded talks and also had some great conversations with different women on relationship topics. Um, It really has given me a lot of food for thought. I personally have been challenged and even changed as I've listened to women and thought about what they said and when I was writing questions for the interviews um, and had a chance to talk with women it's been really really a blessing to me and I hope it is for you too. Hey if you have found one of these episodes to have been an impactful episode for you would you shoot me an email at unshaken psalm 622 at gmail.com uh, that email is always in our show notes and let me know what it was that was impactful i would love to hear that and hey while you're at it head over to your favorite podcast directory apple Podcasts, google podcast Castbox. i mean really wherever you like to listen to podcasts you'll find us and you also can catch us on spotify and when you're at those podcast directories just um, subscribe. It really helps us out as it boosts us and keeps people, the algorithms keep working so we're able to get our podcast out to more people. Okay, since this is our last episode of season three, I wanted to go out with a bang. So let me tell you, I have a great episode today. I'm actually going to be talking with two separate women um, and it's gonna be really fun-filled time today to talk about some of the really cool things about friendships and we're also gonna talk about one of the things we talked about at a previous episode, all right? So um, I want to get started. Um, Before I introduce my second guest, um, I wanted to do a little follow-up for our first part. We're kind of doing a a podcast inside of a podcast. (laughs) Um, I wanted to talk with a woman that took up my challenge to do some reading this past um, winter, and I was really excited that she shared with me that she had done this, so I said, hey, if you tell me this, you have to come on the podcast. There's no option. So, um, I'm really excited that today I have with me um, Becky Hench. Becky, I'm really glad that you're with us today. Thank you. Um, we have been talking back in the first episode of season one, we began talking about what are some good books to read. We discussed all kinds of books that we can read that really grow us and teach us about Christ. Um, And I think that that is really important, um, that we think about what we're reading, what we're filling our mind with. So, Becky, you and I talked probably back in October, before we even did that episode, about books and good books. Mm -hmm. And um, you got excited about a particular book, or a particular person, I should say, and some of her books, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I'm excited about that because I, I know you and I both have a love of the story of Elizabeth Elliot yes and i'm excited to hear what you've been reading about elizabeth Elliot and how it's impacted you so um let's get started becky tell me a little bit about your family though before we jump into the book
1: information uh, well a little bit about me i've been married for close to 20 years and blessed with four children who i've been able to homeschool through high school um, and so something that i've learned very young and young years of my life was to love reading. And so Mm. it was something I've also encouraged my kids to do is to read lots of books, different kinds of books, and to always be interested in learning something new. Do you read out loud typically at home with your kids? uh, We've always tried to do a read aloud as well as individually. They have to choose something that they enjoy and to continue reading the series. Yeah. We're big on series. Yeah. Get the whole thing done. The whole thing. Then you have something to shoot for. And it's been a real joy to see them mm-hmm. also learn to love to read. And so it's just been something that I've always enjoyed most of my life. Um, right now, as a parent, in the season I'm in, I don't get a lot of time to read. No, I totally understand that. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to choose my books wisely. And so... It- with this season of life, you kind of just need to be motivated. Yeah, And so that's why I love biographies, is because you watch someone else go through something, whether it's a long trial or short trial or something they didn't think they could do, you're learning from them, and it's yep. also motivating you to keep going. Yeah, and that's kind of why Elizabeth Elliot has been my inspiration this past year, especially after losing a parent mm. and then going through the trials of COVID. Yes, I mean, who better to teach us yep. to just keep going? Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's right.
0: Well, I like your your point about biographies, like, and also how important it is to learn from other people's lives because that's really a really good thing. It's something we can learn from books. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we may never have ever been able to meet Elizabeth Elliot or anybody that we love to read about, Mm -hmm. but we can read their stories. And especially when we can read a story, a biography, where the person who's in the biography is actually pointing us to Christ. Oh, absolutely. You know, that's like
1: the best biography ever. Because they're not always happy stories, but what makes them happy is they don't try to fix it themselves, yeah. they turn to Christ, That's right. something we yep. need to remind ourselves regularly. Absolutely. Turn yeah. <clears throat> okay,
0: so um, since you've been reading and talking about Elizabeth Elliot, what are some of the books that you love? Do you have
1: a favorite? I have three favorites that I would love to share with the listeners I don't think you're allowed
0: three. Okay, I said
1: one. (laughs) Well, I would say the one that I gripped to the most um, initially when I took on this project or challenged by you was um, the book Suffering is Never for Nothing, which was actually the last book she wrote before she passed away. Mm And the title says it all. Mm. I mean, we all suffer. No yep. one suffers less than anybody else. You just suffer in different ways. Yep. And what encouraged me about that book mostly was that she continued to have an underlying theme, trust him, mm. trust him. She even quoted in her book that it was through the do- deepest suffering that God had taught her the deepest lessons. Mm. And so what better encouragement would that be after what we've all gone through yeah. In the past year, yes. as well as different losses, different people go through right. different trials. So I guess I'd recommend that one to anyone who's going through something currently very hard or has gone through it already and is still struggling with how God has used that in their lives mm-hmm. because it really helps you see the the purpose of why God gives us trials in our yeah. life.
0: And that also might be helpful for someone who is walking next to someone who's in a trial. Mm-hmm. Because reading a book like that can help us know how to reach out to the person that we're trying to help too. Yes. Yes. You know, pointing them back to Christ. That's great.
1: Okay, what's another one? Um, also Keep a Quiet Heart was a really good book uh, because it's very simple. Yeah. It's you know lesson and then you go to the next one. It's a lesson. It's you yeah. could almost use it as a daily devotional in some sure. ways. Sure. I thought was good. Um, also because Let's be honest. We're all women, and it's yeah. very hard to keep a quiet heart, yes. anyways. Yes. And so, what better way to remind us to do that daily is something Elizabeth Elliot said. Yeah. To do it, if she says to do it, right. I think I might listen. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Um, it was also good to um, understand how we don't need to fix the problem, or we don't need to act as God, because sometimes as women, we want to just take it ourselves. Yeah. And be God, but it. It just gives you valuable lessons on a daily basis to keep focused on what God wants, because when we're quiet, God does His best work.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and it it shows our submission to -hmm. to God's work when Mm -hmm. we are not fighting and yelling back at Him in the process of it all, for sure. Okay, you said three. Do you have another
1: one? Well, we all know that the autobiography that was written in this past year was published in 2020 just came out be called Becoming Elizabeth Elliot. And so I couldn't get my hands on that book fast uh-huh. enough. I'm sure you did yes, too. You mentioned in previous pro- podcast yep. that you had read it. And again, it tells us the story of her life as most of her books do. But what I found valuable was it was told through someone else's viewpoint. So mm-hmm. the author had access to all her journals yes. that were given to her by Elizabeth Elliot's daughter after she passed away. So mm. I can't even imagine how amazing that would be yeah. to read the most vulnerable and private journals from elizabeth ellie and then c- recreate her story from it right right that we all get to share yep. all over again it's kind of like watching the whole movie again yeah of and her it, life and the other thing that i love about that is it shows who really when you're writing in a
0: journal you're you're not thinking anyone's going to read it ever you know yeah. like
1: you're writing your or reel. you're writing for that moment right what happened to me yes. today, and, but those journals put together yes. is the story, yes. which makes it so... And they still all point to Christ.
0: Yes. All of her yes. journal entries that I read in that book had a, a point that just reminded... Like she was sometimes reminding herself of truth
1: or she was pointing back to Christ, but it was really good to read through those. Yeah, definitely. And even the author traveled to the Amazon jungle. That is amazing. And met the <laughs> same tribe and the same places that Elizabeth Elliot went through. I mean... Her story in a whole is amazing, but what the author did, which I found was really amazing, was that she took each part of Elizabeth Elliot's life and pieced it together. So we know her as the end result. Right. That's right. But the book starts out when she's like 14, 15 years old and the habits that she had then and the patience she had and the fact that she was not unsatisfied with her circumstances, but knowing that her God's work was more important yes. than having a cell phone or a new car. She lived in remote areas yep. of the jungle. Yep. And what those habits were then was who she was yep. later in life. Yeah, those those habits when she's 14, mm-hmm. and you're right, that she built when she was, you know, growing
0: up were actually what carried her through. And those disciplines helped her mm-hmm. later on in life. Yeah, you are absolutely right. Yeah, I love that. I love that that book. It
1: was very, very good. A very and good it was, book. It was a great time for it to come out. The timing was yeah.
0: <laughs> fantastic. Yes, <laughs> it was. Yeah. So what about her life surprises you the most?
1: Um, when you read several of her writings, you get to know her kind of personally yeah. as much as you can from a, reading a book. But what I found really interesting in her is that she just was so obedient mm. in her daily habits and in her mission. You know yeah. writing books, teaching, she was yeah. a, a teacher in all aspects, whether it was on her radio show, with yeah. her, her talks or anything. But she was always teaching, not in a I know better than you way, but in a I've been there mm-hmm. and I've experienced it too. So I think she's relatable, mm-hmm, definitely to a lot of people in a lot of different places in her life, and also that you always learn something new. I've never read a book and said, oh, I've got nothing out of this. Right. I know everything about Elizabeth Elliot. Right. There's always something, something I'm learning. Yes. Even this biography is still the story that's already been told. Yes. But I still learn more when yes, I read this. absolutely. One of the things
0: I personally love about her life is that she did not stop serving when she was older. Mm-hmm. When she was older, she didn't stop serving. She just She maybe wasn't on a mission field, But she continued to teach or even up till probably the day she died, I have a feeling she was serving and she continued to serve and look for ways that she could glorify God with her life. Yes. And, and I think that's a really good lesson, because I think sometimes we think, oh, I need to be a missionary and go far over into Africa to really serve God. Or do the extreme yes, things. Yes, right. Yeah. and But the reality is we need to serve God in our homes, and mm-hmm. you and I are both moms and wives with kids, and that's our way to serve God. And maybe we reach out and go beyond. You know, maybe God calls us to do something different. Mm-hmm. You know, it may be that we are involved in our kids' school, or we are a active in some other organization and we can serve that way but in addition but you know i
1: love that she just served where she was and what i also found interesting was that she was very matter of fact Mm -hmm. and very stoic almost where Mm -hmm. she never ever she kept her emotions in check yes yeah yeah and that's That's another lesson. lesson to all of us yeah how easily we can use our circumstances or another person's actions as a justification yeah for our emotional state, but yet she was just so stable and so trusting in God's plan over her own emotions or what she felt that time. Well, and I wonder if some of that came from when she was young, learning when she was 14,
0: how to deal with that. She had those disciplines of scripture reading, I know Mm -hmm. that because that's in the book, Mm -hmm. of doing those things when she's young, and then that helped her as she grew older.
1: Yeah, because the author even said that she cried out in her journals. Yeah. And her journals were letters to God. Mm-hmm. They were not to anybody else. It was between yes. her and God. Right. And that's where she was the most vulnerable, and that's where she became the closest to God through yep. that. Yep. Through and those that's journals. That's a great yeah. lesson, too, yeah.
0: Yeah. to take away. I actually think we should all pick up the habit of journaling more frequently because.
1: Maybe someday somebody would read my journals. I know. I don't know. <laughs> or even look back at how you yourself have changed and grown yes. to a journal. Yeah, that is How much of it do we remember? Yeah. And our minds we don't remember, but writing it down, yeah. you would remember it as a firsthand account yeah. of how you felt or what you were going through that very time Yeah, frame. we had
0: um, Erica Simpson on the podcast back a few seasons ago, actually. That's kind of fun to say. <laughs> um, and uh, she talked about um, how important journaling is mm-hmm. and how sometimes she took some of those journals and she's kept them like they're special to her hmm. and um, I understand that and I think there's some benefit in um, you know in realizing that our stories take us different places mm-hmm. and we can need to honor God and it's great to write in a journal so and we learn yeah from our lessons as yes, well. yes absolutely um, okay so I always love biographies um, you probably know that they are such an encouragement to me all the time um, and one of the things I see almost always in a Christian biography, over and over I see God's sovereignty, mm-hmm. that He is overseeing all of this person's life, whoever I'm reading about. And it can be almost anyone that I read about. Sometimes I even see it in, in some historical biographies. You can see God's hand through our country. How do you see God's sovereignty over Elizabeth
1: Elliot's life? Well, her life wasn't easy. Right. And God does not promise us an easy life, right? So that's a promise right there. Um, and she knew that God would take care of her if she trusted Him. Mm-hmm. And you see that theme in all her books: to trust Him, to yep. trust Him. That He had and so knowing that, yeah, and believing that means you know God, yeah, because without that, yeah, understanding you don't know God. You're going on your own strength, right? You're going on your own knowledge. You don't know God. So that's, to me, proof that she knew God's siren in her life, even during the darkest times that she went through. Yeah, and I'm sure that she
0: had to, I'm sure she had moments where she had to think through things. But Mm -hmm. she always took herself back to the truth of God's word. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the best place to find and see God's sovereignty and where we can trust Him. Mm-hmm. I actually right now have been reading in Genesis, um, as we're recording this, it's, it's actually not March, it's a little earlier in the year mm-hmm. And um, when this is going to come out in March, but I have been reading through the story of Joseph.
1: Mm, and I love, that story. I
0: love that story because you can see God's sovereignty over the whole thing. But then again, we see the whole picture, right? And that's and we see the whole picture of Elizabeth Elliot's story, right? And we can see God's sovereignty. But sometimes when we're in the middle of our story and mm-hmm. we don't always see it, we have to kind of go back and remind ourselves of truth. That's why I think biographies are really helpful. And she does she does
1: mention that too. That's another underlying theme that she trusted God with her story. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, to see her husband die. Yeah. Trust God with your story. That's yeah. a that's a huge you know yeah. testimony to all of us. Yes, I think
0: absolutely. So you know, Becky, in the Bible, Paul challenges his readers um, as he was writing a letter to follow him as he follows Christ. Now, some people might think that that means Paul was really prideful, but I actually think it shows his humbleness that he is striving to follow God and not try to live on his own strength. Mm -hmm. And I think Elizabeth Elliot would probably say something similar to you and I if she were sitting with us. She'd say, follow me as I follow God. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she really did live for Christ in everything she did. She followed God with a passion. Um, Yet she is full of humbleness, and everything I've ever read about her um, really points that she was a pretty average woman in a lot of ways. Um, So what is one aspect of her life that you would like to follow?
1: Well, just with the fact of this recent autobiography and a couple other books that she read, that she wrote, I'm sorry, that she wrote, um, I don't journal, but I do see value in it. Mm -hmm. And even what you mentioned today encourages me to journal when I'm going through it because not only will I see God's blessings but I'll see his promises. Mm-hmm. And so that has really spurred me on to do something that I think is too hard for me. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, um that would be one area that I would really be encouraged by and then also um to just remember to trust God's plan and Mm -hmm. obey, even in the daily habits, Mm -hmm. the daily Bible reading, the daily praying. I mean, that's the foundation of Elizabeth Elliot's life. We see the big things, like the huge accomplishments that she achieved as a well-known person in our society, but that all stems from the foundation that she trusted and obeyed Mm -hmm. God on a simple, Basic foundation, yeah, and that is just something, yeah, I need to be better at. <laughs> Abs- yeah, I agree with
0: you. I think that's excellent, and it, and it makes me think of the foundations we lay as mothers excellent. for our for our kids, and in particular our daughters, but but boys and girls are mm-hmm. any children we have. How those foundations we teach them when they're young. That's where they learn, and you know that's when they we, they learn to brush their teeth. Yes, and you know that's when we teach them to eat properly. We also need to teach them these spiritual type disciplines mm-hmm. that will help them not only give them physical nutrition or physical health down the road, you know, brushing your teeth and you know eating proper food, but also spiritual health. Absolutely, you know, I think that's a really good lesson too. From and it her starts life.
1: with the habits. Yeah,
0: definitely. Okay, so Becky. There, sh- you've only shared three books today, and she has oodles more. Is there any that you haven't read, and
1: what's your next plan? Uh, well, I'm really excited to read the book um, that was called Devotally, and it was um, the personal love letters between her and Jim Elliot. Oh, that's very cool. And from what I understand, it was something that her daughter had put together and had done, for on behalf of her parents and again it goes back to journaling Mm -hmm. journaling and writing letters yeah we don't do that anymore either (laughs) we don't write letters anymore (laughs) but how amazing is that that they have had that entire collection of letters that then became a book mm-hmm. and so you I'm excited to see how those love letters become a story yeah much like this um autobiography becoming Elizabeth Elliot was based on journals that became yeah. a story yeah so that's my next story to all be right my comfy socks on a cold winter yeah. afternoon <laughs> yep and then that's great or it could turn
0: into the summer <laughs> and you might be sitting on the beach which is where I'd much rather be yep yep <laughs> oh Becky thank you so much for coming on today and talking about about, you know good books and kind of carrying us again into this to think about books we could still be reading so i bet there's some listeners who might even be thinking oh i need to go to the amazon my amazon account or the <laughs> library and get a few books right <laughs> becky thanks so much for coming on it was really a joy to talk to you about this i'm so glad you came well thank you for inviting me i really have enjoyed it yeah and well i'll have to check in with you on uh what we're going to read, what you're going to read, and I'll check in with you to see if you got it. Absolutely. I I actually have not read her book on um, suffering that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. I haven't read that. And uh, I think that's probably would be a good choice for
1: me. I think that's a good one to start reading. It's very simple to read. It's not a long, drawn-out story, but it's something I believe you could read more than once. That's awesome. Like it's one of those like handbooks you yep. need for the next trial you go through. Yep. You just got to read it again because there's it out. so much truth in it that reminds us why God is doing what God is doing yeah. and yeah. not our circumstances. That's awesome. Well, thanks for coming. Thank you. All right.
0: Well, now it's time for us to jump into our second half of the episode. And it's really kind of fun because um, this particular episode, we have doing a lot of new things. Number one, we have two women we've, I've been interviewing. Um, first off, we've interviewed, just got done with Becky, and we're going to jump into a new guest in just a few minutes. I'm also doing something new because I am doing a podcast In a different place. I'm sitting in the parking lot of my son's school while he practices basketball and I'm recording in my car. So you may hear the sound a little different. um, But hey, I'm being creative. And you know, this is a good thing right now in 2020, 2021. We've got to be a little creative in how we do this. And then also, we are also going to be um, interviewing a woman who is actually remote. She's not with me either. She's actually on my phone um, in her house. And so I'm really thankful for all this technology technology. Um, It's really nice to be able to keep doing these podcasts, even though we can't really always be face to face. It's a good thing. So let's jump into the second half of our last episode. Today we're going to talk about all the fun of friendship. And now I have to tell you, my guest is super fun. She is spunky. Oh, she is spunky, um, and she just makes it easy to be friends. And really, no matter where she is, she has fun. Even before we were beginning to record, she was telling me some really fun things about um, her day, and we were laughing about them. She's really fun to talk to. I just want to welcome onto the podcast, Courtney Hasson And Courtney, I'm so glad that you're joining us today
2: thank you thank you for having me and for that
0: introduction (laughs) do you like being called spunky i do i do i take that as a compliment all right all right okay courtney let's just kick it off with some of the normal questions you know tell me about your family you know your hubby your kids some of your hobbies like what do you do all day
2: well, my hubby's name is Zach. We have been together for 17 years, and he's actually one of my hobbies. He's one of <laughs> my, he's my good friends. <laughs> we've been together since high school, so we've kind of grown up together. Um, I'm currently on maternity leave, and he's on a paternity leave. We just had our fifth baby, baby Nolan. Aww. I, I work um, in the ICU at Toledo Hospital. And our other kids are Liam, Nora, Declan, and Maeve. Oh,
0: Maeve so, is so cute.
2: So thank you so much. She's um, she's she's quite a gift. We love her, and mm-hmm. she's going to be two tomorrow.
0: Yeah, she's um, a she's a happy baby, isn't she?
2: She sure is. She uh, actually, the meaning of Maeve is the bringer of great joy, and she mm-hmm. brings us a lot of joy in the house. She That's is just awesome. so. Fun- so, most of my day right now is doing virtual school with the two older kids. That takes up a big chunk of time. Um, but be- besides that, since I'm on maternity leave, it's just typical housework right now. Changing diapers, cooking food that eventually fills up those diapers. It's, it's a
0: cycle. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Wow. Well, um, since we're on the conversation of fun for this rest of the episode, I just want to start by asking, what are some fun things you do at your house, like with your family? I
2: I think the most fun We have around the house From day to day Is when my husband And I set aside Acting like adults And play with the kids Like we're still kids Yeah um, I think like before I was, before we started recording, I was telling you I'm in my husband's office and I'm playing with a Lego tractor that he has here by his computer. <laughs> uh, we like to just play with the toys with the kids, playing with Legos, um, building forts. We like to do a lot of board games, um, just hide and seek. Anytime you can just act like a kid again, I think it's a great way to build memories with them.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's cheap usually. I mean, to run around yeah, in the back awesome. the backyard with your kids and play tag is super fun, cheap, and good exercise.
2: Sure, sure is. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, that's not extra spe- the reason that we need exercise is because we like to have a lot of fun with food. We have a lot of theme <laughs> nights for making dinner. Um, so one of the kids' favorites is we'll do make-your-own-pizza night and we like to put on italian music in the background da, 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 and we just <laughs> all put in their pies in the oven and wait for them to come out that's that's just great that's um one of their favorite things to do yep. um this last summer looked a little bit different so many things had been canceled due to yeah. covid um but we still had a lot of fun in the backyard we, did, we set up a tent and did a camping night um my husband's annual golf trip was canceled. So we did a mini golf course in the backyard to oh. surprise him. At night, and um, that was super fun. We also did an obstacle course, one year and blew up, um, a big family inflatable pool. And part of it was diving into that at the end of the obstacle course. So just ways to make memories in the backyard that don't cost a lot of money, but the, the kids certainly enjoy. And so do my husband and I.
0: Yeah. And you know what I think, I know my kids are a little older than yours. Um, my youngest being 10, um, actually he turns 10 this week. So 10 and then my oldest being twenty three gosh I don't even know um anyway or 22 I'm not sure but anyway regardless um those are the memories that they remember are the remember when we did that in the backyard you know like remember when we played we built that fort in the living room on that snow day you know that's just the fun stuff that they remember such a good a good thing to do with our kids Sure. I was thinking about how you talked about, um, you know, having a lot of things in the backyard. We, especially because of COVID, we spent a lot of time around our little fire in the backyard. Um, My husband makes amazing popcorn over the fire. And now my 12 year old has learned how to do that and take has taken that rollover. He's now our, our master popcorn chef. We always have s'mores back there, too. And this um, season, we actually tried some new flavors. We didn't just do the Hershey and Marshmallow traditional one, but we added Nutella once. Oh, that was good. And we did. We always did the Reese's Cups ones, which are good. Um, and we just looked up some other ones, and I looked up some other recipes, and I never tried this one, but I thought it sounded good. And it would be with chocolate, marshmallow, and bacon. Inside and I know that sounds crazy, but you know my husband always has this one rule in life and that's that everything is much better with bacon So I think a s'more would be better with bacon (laughs)
2: I'm not going to argue with Bill. He's good people. So I like that. Everything better with bacon. I can get behind
0: that idea. That's right. Well, it is good just to have fun um, You know, with our kids. It's really good. It was actually a blessing in the middle of 2020 to be stuck home in a lot of ways for families because it reconnected people. Okay, so I wanted to start with just a foundation question because all season we've been talking about friendships and relationships. And, um, you know, we just went through a time where we were somewhat isolated from all of our friends. So it made me think, why do we even need friendships? So, Courtney, what do you think? Why do we even need friendships?
2: Well, uh, there are many benefits to friendship. According to the Mayo Clinic,
0: Oh yeah, you're friends right. for... You're the nursing friend who's going to bring up the Mayo Clinic, but good.
2: <laughs> yep, anytime I see Mayo Clinic, I jump on that. All so right, there's okay. This, um, some good research about friendships actually provided by them. They said that friends prevent loneliness They provide companionship. They also increase your sense of belonging and purpose. They improve self-confidence, happiness, coping abilities, and encourage healthy lifestyle behaviors. Um, Friends are so important that they have actually been proven to extend your life expectancy and lower your risk of health complications such as heart disease and high blood pressure.
0: Who knew? I mean, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, you know, I think that that is really interesting that there are a lot of health health benefits to having friends, like real friends. I'm not talking your 750 friends on Facebook, like the kind right. you can talk to touch, you know, cry with laugh with those are the kind of friends that do all those things. And, um, that's a really good thing to start with today. So yay. Yay for friends, huh?
2: Yeah, I had no idea that my friends were helping with heart disease. So I don't know how that ties
0: into the bacon s'mores. Okay, that's true. That's a good point. Well, I guess, though, you know, if you had one s'more with bacon on it and chocolate, you know, that might be okay. If you over
2: Oh, yeah, it probably cancels out because it's also battling the loneliness and it's providing a exactly. So yeah, yeah life's yeah. a balance. I like yeah, it.
0: Yeah, I like that. All right. So Courtney, can you tell me a time when you and a friend like laughed so hard that you uh, practically peed your pants?
2: You know, Julie, like I said earlier, I'm on maternity leave, so it doesn't just take laughing these days for me to cry tears down my leg. Um, Mama's pelvic floor muscles aren't what they used to be, but most of the time, I laugh the hardest when I get together with my sisters. Mm. Uh, My sisters were really my first friends in life, and with being the baby of the family, they've always liked to tease me a lot. I think with any friendships, including siblings, it's important to be able to laugh at yourself. Yes. when we get together, we usually reminisce about funny stories from growing up. And one of their favorites that they like to tell all the time is about a time that we were young and playing and our family dog blatantly started to urinate on my leg, oh, no. um, just unprovoked. And my sisters yelled, Courtney, the dog's peeing on you, to which I responded, no, he's not. Only to discover that I was sadly mistaken. I don't know. I have no idea why I thought at that time it was a good time to argue with my sisters about whether a dog was peeing on my leg. I probably just should have taken their word for it. But it'll be, you know, it's 20 years later, and I'll be in the kitchen sometimes if they're over at my house, and they'll say, "Courtney, the dog's peeing on you," just to just to test me, just yes. to see. So laugh about that one still.
0: Well, you if you know if they're teasing you, you might have even thought they were teasing you about it. So I give you a little bit sure. of credit, okay? Uh, But yeah, I'm trying to be supportive here and be a good friend. All right. I'll take it. Okay. I can think of a lot of times that I laughed so hard with my friends um, and my sisters too. They were really good. I think one of my favorite things is when my sisters and I get together and we begin doing just what you did. We start talking about all those stories in our lives. And I just think it helps. Everything is so much more funny because we remember things. I think a few of our stories have become embellished, I have to say, but sure. it is really important in, in doing that. And it makes me flip to the other side the spectrum because it's great to have fun with our friends, but sometimes we might be going through something difficult. So what about a time when a friend was really impactful to you during a trial? Uh,
2: um, well, a few years ago, my husband and I, uh, we went through a miscarriage oh, I'm sorry. and it Thank you. It was it was the first time we went through a really hard trial since coming to the church, and it was one of the first times I really felt how great and supportive the gift of godly friendships could be. Um, and there was a day, a few days afterwards, that I wanted to try to go to Bible study, and I I walked in and I just wasn't ready, and I ended up going home. And when the study was over, a good friend showed up at my house from that study, and she came in and she just sat with me, and she just grieved with me, and she listened. Mm. Um, and it didn't hit me until I was doing a different study down the line uh, of the book of Job about when his friends came and they just grieved with him. And I didn't realize that what she did, the gift that she gave me, was so biblically based that she was just present. She was there and she mourned with me. And I, I'm so thankful for God
0: providing that friendship at that time. It really meant a lot to me. Yeah, that is a really important. I love that story because it is something we can do. Like a lot of times when our friends are going through hard things, we maybe don't know what to do. But that is something that's a very tangible thing that you just described. Just sitting with sure. you and mourning. And yep. we should be doing that. Yes. Just being there present is huge. So what, what, what types of qualities do you look for in a friend? And like, what is the, we always ask on this podcast, what does the Bible say about it? So what does the Bible say about friendships?
2: Well, the Bible says that iron sharpens iron in Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen, It says iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. So Julie, my iron tends to be particularly stubborn and headed <laughs> So I value a tough friend that'll, that'll help keep yeah. refining. Um, like we talked mm-hmm. about, I really like friends that I can laugh with. And like, I think most people, I, I appreciate the quality of loyalty and honesty, Aposties 4, 9 through 10 also tells us that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. So I can think of many times where I have fallen and a friend's had to be there to help lift me up. So not only a friend that helps sharpen me, but when I'm not so sharp and I fall, they help pick me
0: up. Mm. Well, that is that is good. And those are two really fabulous verses. And really, there are oodles of verses in the Bible about friendships and relationships. We've spent all of this season talking about all these different verses. And God really loves to give us friends. Like He blesses us with a lot of people in our lives in all the walks of our life that we can use and we can be friends with. And it's just a really huge blessing from God. One of our listening friends shared a story about brown pop and popcorn. Let me just share it with you. She says, friendships begin in sometimes unusual ways that God has ordained. I have a friend who has been my friend for over 35 years because of something simple like brown pop and popcorn. She was a nursing student graduate that I had met at Bible study and at the time I was a mom with two teenagers because she worked nights and my husband worked the 11 to 7 shift. We had made plans to get together late at night on her nights off and sit and chat while we both ate popcorn and drank diet cola. What began as an older Christian helping to guide a younger Christian woman just honestly clicked and so ensued many, many late nights of talking, praying, and laughing. 35 years later, we both cherished are brown pop and popcorn times, although they start earlier and usually end by 1130 now. It could be because I am now a grandma of 11 and a great grandma of 1. She's the mom of 8 and a grandma to 8 with 2 more due this year. Our relationship has changed, too, in that it sometimes is the younger Christian woman challenging the older one. I thank God for all of the times of love that we have both shared for Jesus and for each other. Who would have ever thought that we would still be eating popcorn and drinking brown pop 35 years later? But God knew and blessed us both. I just love that story. I especially love it because, number one, it's a great great example that age doesn't matter in friendship. And also it's a great example that you don't need fancy stuff. Sometimes simplicity is best. Give me some fun ideas you could do with a person in real life um, face to face, you know, like how things were before 2020 hit and really how I hope things will be back too soon. What are some things that you found to be really fun?
2: Well, I think you hit the nail right there on the head when you said simplicity is best, especially when people can be so busy with schedules, work, kids, family obligations. It's important to just grab time when you can. I have the most fun some days when I can just get a little bit of a break and do some face-to-face with friends, whether it's just getting a cup of coffee or catching up at the park for a little meeting. Another fun thing you can do is like a family slumber party. Um, you, it can feel like a vacation, but cost almost nothing to have everybody get together.
0: That's fun. Have you done that? We
2: have done that. We did that one New Year's Eve with another family from church and it was the most fun I've ever had on a New uh-huh. Year's Eve. We had, it was so much fun and we had food and the kids could all just play till whatever they wanted or whatever they felt like going to sleep. And then we didn't have to load up a bunch of sleepy kids in the car and drive home for the night. It was right.
0: perfect. Yeah, that's a, a great idea. Plus, like you said, it's just inexpensive. You know, it right. doesn't cost that much other than the cost of the food. And it does give you a break. Uh, It changes your world for a little bit to spend the night somewhere. It's a fun idea.
2: Yeah, it's a fun vacation just for a night. And it's, it's, again, it builds those great memories with the
0: kids. Yeah. One of our listeners told a story um, that she wrote in and she said about a really fun experience she had with her friend. She said, so my 10-year-old son received a 75-foot slip and slide for his birthday. And my lifelong friend and I got in our suits And then we soared down that slip and slide multiple times and we laughed hysterically as we did. We were muddy. We ruined our bathing suits. We couldn't get out of bed the next day. But man, oh man, was it worth it. I mean, I personally think I wish I had a video of that. I would like to share that on our Facebook page because I'm really, I think that'd be great to watch. Um, And I have to say I'm really impressed because I know I'd be sore for more than just the next day, okay? It would hurt. <laughs> but I'm hurt just thinking about it. And I think, though, that her 10-year-old son probably will never forget the time his mom and his, you know, his, his mom's friend slipped and slided all over in the backyard. I mean, that's super, super fun. What a great memory. Right. Um, I think those fun and spontaneous and crazy things are really good to do, not just the normal adult stuff. You know, branching out with a friend is super good. You know, go sledding together or put on your suits and run through the sprinkler. Um, I guess my only advice would be take some ibuprofen first, right? (laughs) Make sure that you're set. Um, So, Courtney, I am pretty sure that you have a good answer to this next question. Are you ready? I'm, I'm ready. Okay. Get ready. Here we go. Have you ever done anything crazy with a friend that you could share?
2: <laughs> oh, the, 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 that you could share part is the pertinent part of that question. isn't it? Really? <laughs> um, I guess the first things that come to mind, I not only am unable to share, but I don't want them on the record. Okay. So I think that, some of the crazy things that I can share, as long as I, I hope my kids don't repeat them one day, we're, we're a few years away from that though, um, revolve around doing irresponsible things when I was learning to drive. So, one time I borrowed my parents' car without them knowing. That's a really polite way of saying that I stole their car. Oh. <laughs> um, a, a crazy friend of mine and I tried to see just how fast we could get that to go. So, I can remember literally standing up inside the car, it was an SUV. With my pedal all the way down to the floor. And my friend just laughing so hard that she had tears rolling down her cheek. Just, I don't know if they were from genuine laughter or just terrible fear that I crashed, but... That was a crazy thing. And I, again, emphasis on I hope my children never repeat that. <laughs> uh, the other things we used to do with cars, I would take people that didn't have their licenses yet that were trying to learn how to drive, we'd go over to cemeteries so that they could go around in my car. Cause I figured those people were already dead. So it was safe.
0: Oh jeez, Yes. <laughs> well, I'm sure that was very kind of you, Courtney, <laughs> to that's, help them that's
2: out. The, that's a polite way of saying that, Julie. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> the good of me.
0: <laughs> Well, and I'm not sure I'd let you borrow my car now, but I, I think probably you're done with those crazy driving things. For sure. sure. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So in 2020, we have experienced a really different world and with it came a lot of social distancing that became the new word, right? Friendships are really difficult to keep going in social distancing situations unless we purpose to do them. So since we've been through this year, what are some things you did or someone could purpose to do to keep relationships going when you're not able to hang out, you know, one-on-one in the same way that we used to, what are some things that you did?
2: Well, I, I think a few things in the beginning that a lot of people did involve technology, uh, zooming. I didn't even know what zooming was, um, yeah. that before social distancing was in effect, FaceTime calls, phone dates, etc. Um, if those those are really big and popular, I believe, in the beginning. And then it almost felt like people were kind of getting tired of that wave. Um, yeah. So writing notes, sending them in the mail are great, too. Uh, a few weeks after the initial shutdowns were in place, a friend of mine and I were really just missing the face-to-face time that didn't involve a cell phone. Um, So, I I transformed my garage into a cafe, if you will, so we could socially distance and still have coffee together, even though it was cold outside. So, one of us sat on one side of the garage and the other sat all the way at the other and put the kids little tights picnic table in there, whatever brand it is, and try to make it a little bit of a cafe just to have somewhere to go when everything was shut down.
0: That is an awesome idea. And, and again, really inexpensive because it was just the cost of the coffee. If you really had coffee and yeah, I mean, that's a really fun thing to do. And you still followed the rules as much as you could. Yeah, Yeah, that's great.
2: (laughs) I like that you're picking up on the fact that I'm a little bit frugal.
0: Yes. Yes. Well, that's good.
2: Most of my ideas are
0: very low budget. I like that. That's good. Well, you know what? It proves that you don't need money to be friends, right? You can just be friends and be creative. So we have lots more to do here too. One of our listeners shared a little quarantine friend story that I thought was really, it was sweet, but also it was really an encouragement to me. She said, since I moved right before quarantine, I had a different friend come over and walk around my new town with me. One time, um, we ended up getting ice cream at the little ice cream shop down the road. Another time, with a different friend, we just walked around the park, caught up after not talking for a while because we weren't seeing each other at church, because I think probably at this time, this woman, her, the church was doing online services. She continues, I really enjoyed finding new places around my town, and it was so much fun to do with someone else. She also shares another part. She said um, her prayer group leader from high school, youth group, had really become a good friend of mine. She has been such a great encouragement during all of that as well. Uh, We usually text every day what we read in the Bible, and some days we talk about what really stood out to us in our reading. Over quarantine, that meant so much more to me than ever. Just having that accountability and someone reaching out, because it was texting, we could get back to each other whenever we could during the day. This is something that we've done for years. And during quarantine, it was really helpful. It was such a joy. You know, I personally love that um, these friends that that just, I was sharing with you this woman's story. Um, I know this woman, she's a young woman and her prayer group leader is maybe 20 years older than her. So friendships can cross over age brackets. They can cross into different seasons of our lives. You know, I can think of a couple different ladies who are a bit older than me and we are really good friends and they have stood by me through a lot of really hard things and fun things. Um, they're actually a little further along in the parenting journey and I love to get their wisdom. And I guess because I'm the younger one, I guess I bring the youth. I don't know. I'm really not that young. But um, but it's funny because when you cross out of high school, it really doesn't matter who you're friends with and their age. But it does feel weird when you're an eighth grader and you're hanging out with a senior in high school. That one seems kind of weird. But once you cross <laughs> out of high school, man, you can be friends with anybody and it's really yeah. cool.
2: Absolutely.
0: I I guess some of our listeners live a far away from their friends, you know, probably because of a, you know, they had to move because of a job or they're back home to their little hometown taking care of their elderly parent. Courtney, what are some suggestions that you can think of for someone who needs to work on a long distance relationship? How can we keep those going when you aren't going to be face to face at all?
2: Well, I think with long distance friendships, you have to be a little bit more diligent to reach out and not let too long of a period go between having contact. Uh, and this is somewhere where you have to rely on technology most of the time a little bit more than in person. Sometimes, okay. when faced kind yep. of friendship is possible, you have to rely on technology a little bit more. Um, I think it's beneficial to schedule phone dates at regular interval- intervals. I had a friend move to Arizona last year, and I called her one day on the way back from an OB appointment. And I realized that if I called her on the way home every time I left my OB office, since I was pregnant at the time, I would be. It was it was a good reminder of a a good interval of when to keep in contact with her. Yeah, and so that's and, what I would.
0: Do. And you didn't have any kids with you. Exactly. So it was quiet in your car.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I would try to make it a point every time I would go in for a checkup to give her a call on the way home. And that was a good way for us to keep connected. Sometimes we would just catch up for five minutes, but it would make it so it's it's not so awkward if, you know, yeah. four months had gone by.
0: Right. And, and really, I think even planning those types of conversations are good. Like, you know, Every month, we're just going to try to do this once a month to call each other and catch up. I think even having a schedule like that is helpful for long distance friends because it really does fly by. And all of a sudden it's been five months and I haven't talked to my sister who lives in California, who lives far away because I don't see her every day. So I think, you know, that's a great idea to to use something you're already doing, like driving in your car to make that be a, a little bit of a, you know, reminder to call your, your friend who lives far away. Uh One of our listeners shared about um, a lifelong friend she had, and I think this is really fun. She said, when my friend and I were little, we used our imaginations, and we would be characters from um, the Lion King movie or other movies that we loved. We would always be outside and play. I would never know what to say, so she would just tell me what to say. It worked out well because I loved to play, but I lacked the imagination to come up with things to say or to do on my own, but she always had them. We played a lot of things, like mermaids, because they had a pool in their backyard. We played fairies. I mean, the list goes on. And um, I know that you listeners cannot see me smiling, but I am smiling about these two ladies because I know them, and I can totally see them playing like this, and I think it's really fun how our friends help us and encourage us, you know, this is a great example of how our friends all have different gifts and abilities and they help us even when this happened years ago when they were kids. But this is true of today. I mean, even I think of a good friend of mine who's actually my sister, um, who is an extremely factual woman. She was a nurse, a paramedic and a police officer. So she, whenever I'm going through something difficult, um, especially medical things, I can call her and she will talk me through what is the real truth. What are the facts in the situation and what's my emotion. And, um, she's really good at that. And I know that, you know, I'm sure that there's things that I do or things that I can say that are an encouragement to her. And I just love that. I just, I just want to make this comment that, you know, our, our sisters, you mentioned your sisters, Courtney and my Uh sisters and our, our siblings are going to always be in our life likely until the day we die because they're family. And that is a really good relationship to invest in Uh really, really good. I'm, I, I think we should all have other friends outside of our families too, but I think working on those relationships are really key and important. I agree. Um, Do you think you have any situations where you can think of how a friend has really helped you to overcome something or like they had different gifts and abilities and they were really beneficial to you?
2: Uh, Well, just recently towards the end of this last pregnancy, uh, I really grew to appreciate the gift of prayer between friends. Uh, We had a few complications towards the end and there would be some times where I could tell that my prayer life was lacking a little bit. So, once in a while, I would get a call from a friend to check in, see how things were going, and they would offer to pray with me at the end of our conversation. And I would tell my husband um, towards the end of the day how much that would stick with me for the remainder of the day. Just what how how great I felt after getting off of the phone and just praying, even if it was just for a few minutes. Um, it would really keep me grounded, and it would get my eyes back set on the Lord when I would have a tendency to stray. So um, just Anytime I got to pray with a friend or anytime I get to, I think that that's one of the one of the greatest gifts of friendship.
0: It sure is. It's amazing to me how God, um, through his Holy Spirit, will remind someone, one of my friends, to call me. And mm-hmm. they'll call me in the middle of a difficult thing. And God just orchestrates that whole event so that I have someone to talk to when I'm going through something hard. And um, I, I just love that. That's just awesome. Yeah, it would be
2: well, I would ask someone to pray with me towards the end of the conversation. Well, will, will you keep me in prayer to do this? And i say, well, let's pray
0: right now. Yes. It was just music to my ear. Yes. So it was a big gift. Okay, so I wanted to end um, with a great story from one of our listeners. Um, I love how this woman was investing in someone. And it's great to hear how God used it in this listener's life. So here's what she says. To start off with, I met this woman in 2016 at the university that I was attending. She, she spent countless hours of her time investing in me as a college student. She's a person who would not only laugh with you, but she would cry with you also. At the time I was living with this woman and her husband and one day she was scrubbing the floors in her kitchen while waiting for her husband to come home from work. So I decided that I would just get down and join her, Um, not just to help her, but also to bond and talk with her. We spent at least the next hour and a half to two hours going back and forth about all kinds of theology questions. She would ask my thoughts on a certain theological question and vice versa, and that led to these really deep conversations, laughter, and ultimately right back to the Word of God. This is one of my favorite moments because it was a time where some questions were challenging and we got to discuss and process them together, and that was really bonding. Talking about God and his word has always been something that's fascinated me and that I, I find that it was really fun to talk about. So spending time chatting with her about the things of God brought really forth great joy and knowledge and a deeper friendship that I'm grateful for. Really, she's probably one of my favorite women to talk theology with because she's knowledgeable, she loves God, and she isn't afraid to say, hmm, I don't know. Let me ask my husband later, and I'll get back to you. I loved that. And what's really fun about this story is that, if you remember the first episode of this season, we talked to Jackie Long, and that's actually who this woman's talking about. It was Jackie Long. Jackie wow. has mentioned that she worked with Um, college students and she and her husband are involved in a ministry that works directly on a college campus. And I love that she built a friendship with this woman doing normal everyday stuff. And it just, it blossomed and it grew their friendship. It's really cool to hear. Um, Okay. So Courtney, I am so thankful that you're on today because I want to end our podcast today with a little back and forth of 10 really great ideas of things that we can do with friends. So Courtney and I came up with this list. So listeners, listen. These are some great things you can do. And we're going to give you our top 10 great ideas of things you can do with a friend. Okay. Number one, weekly check-ins. We talked a little bit about this, but a phone call, a quick Text, a stop by someone's house or a visit are just so helpful to actually making an effort. And purposing to check in with your friend weekly is such a simple thing to do. Um, I actually also love snail mail. I think it is a long way it has been forgotten so I love to get mail and I'm pretty sure that most people enjoy seeing a personal note in their mailbox rather than a bill and that is such a simple concept it costs 50 cents to mail it and it's a really great thing.
2: Number two make or get a little gift for a friend. Now I'm not saying to buy your friends and you don't have to spend a lot of money, but gift-giving can show effort and can be a love language for some people. You can make a little something or put something cute together from the dollar store or just Amazon it. I've seen some grapefruit from seeds planted just from sending a devotional or a Bible to a friend that's inquired about it.
0: Yeah, actually, my sister-in-law just gave me a fun little gift. It was called a refresh basket, and um, it was full of all kinds of things that had the word refresh on them, from peppermints um to vanilla spice refreshing tea it even Ah. included refresh eye drops which i thought were really funny but it was so fun and um it was just a sweet little thing and i'm sure it, it cost no more than 10 bucks or something but it was great Number three, serve someone together. This is a really fun idea because you are not only serving someone, but you are actually having fun while you do it. Maybe you're gonna make a meal for a friend who needs a meal, like they're going through surgery or they're having a new baby. Well, why don't you and a friend together, get together, make a big pot of soup and pie, and then you can chit-chat and laugh, and you can even maybe take it over together to your mutual friend. It's just a super easy thing to do.
2: Number four. Get active and act like a kid. Um, I touched on this earlier, but even if you haven't done an activity since you were a kid, do it. Do things with friends that you can laugh at yourself about. Go golfing, even if you're a terrible golfer, but your friend loves it. Go to the batting cages or go to a
0: go-kart course, go bowling. You get the idea. I think I want to go to a a go-kart course with you, Courtney. I think we would have a lot of fun. (laughs) I I would love it. (laughs) We will. Let's plan it, okay? Okay. All right, number five. Help your friend do something at her house or ask your friend to help you do something at your house. Sometimes you have a, a pantry that you know you need to reorganize. And it's so much more fun to do it with somebody else. Or maybe you need to paint your basement. Um, Or maybe you can go over to a friend's house and help them with something. I remember a particular time when I had a good friend years ago, and we were both big into scrapbooking, and um, she had a standing open invitation to scrapbook at her house every single Wednesday, and you could bring your kids, and they would play, and I could go and get pages scrapbooked, and we talked, and everybody brought something to share for lunch, and it was just really fun, and it was a purposeful, like a commitment that we did every Wednesday, and it was just really fun to do.
2: Okay, number six. Read a book at the same time as a friend or watch a TV series at the same time and compare notes.
0: Ooh, that's a fun one. Have you ever done that?
2: I haven't, but I think that I might coming
0: up. Yeah. I actually did one time read a book with a couple of women, and we read a chapter, and then we just chit-chatted about it in a group phone call. And it was actually really cool. I, I really enjoyed it. It's a good one. That's a good idea, Courtney. Thank you. Number seven, re- and this fits with something you said earlier, regularly, consistently pray together. One year, a friend of mine was having a really difficult trial that she was in. And she called me one day and said, could I pray with her one day a week? And we could, would I commit to it? At first I thought, oh, that sounded wonderful. Um, I would do that. And, but I was concerned about the commitment, to be honest with you. I thought, can I really do this every week? Well, pretty soon we started to pray every Tuesday morning. I was driving somewhere I think she was too, and um, we would pray together, and I would stop in a parking lot at a little Rite Aid to finish our prayers um, as we were talking, and they were such valuable times because it built our friendship, Um, and in addition to that, we saw oodles of God's answers as we prayed very specifically in her trial and in some of the things that I was going through, and it, it really bonded our friendship.
2: I love that. Number eight. We talked about this earlier, but I cannot emphasize this one enough how much fun it was. Have a family slumber party. That was the best New Year's I can ever remember. It was actually coming into 2020. Who knew what was going to happen there? But um, it was such a great memory with church friends of ours, and the kids loved it, and my husband and I loved it. And again, we're not driving in the middle of the night to bring cranky kids home. It It was just great. So do that.
0: I love that, too. That's something on my to-do list to do, um, to get some, somebody over, to do something fun like that. I love it. Which leads me to number nine, which is... You be the party planner. Plan an event for you, your friend, and maybe your group children or maybe a group of friends. Um, You be the party planner. I've done this so many times with friends, um, and sometimes people are not good party planners. And so if you take the effort to do something fun, other people will follow. One time, a friend and I were going to get together. It was the end of the school year. We had both been homeschooling, and we would kind of do this at the end of the season, uh, at the end of the school year we would kind of have a party. And so this year I said, let's have a tie-dye party. So we made tie-dye shirts. I found a cookie cutter in the shape of a t-shirt. I I baked a whole bunch of cookies and then we enjoyed using food coloring to decorate them into tie-dye shirts. And then of course we ate them. Um, You can Pinterest that. It was a really fun thing. And there's a lot of other things to do. Pinterest is full of fun ways to have fun. And I think it's really a good thing to do is to have some parties that Aren't even really for any purpose. You know, like a tie dye party was not to celebrate anything special, it was just for fun.
2: I love that too. Number 10, go on a short road trip together. You don't have to drive too far to find a new destination. Make a day trip with a friend to see a new place, or go on a shopping trip for something you need for your house. IKEA, yes. something
0: like that. Yes. You know that. We're going to go to IKEA. With- <laughs>
2: that's perfect go to antique malls or flea markets ship Shawana anyone even everyday errands like stocking up on meats at Gordon Foods are more fun with a friend go errand running together drive time can be great catch-up time
0: yeah that is a really good one because it just is great and it doesn't have to mean you spend the night somewhere you could just go for a day trip I love that Good ideas. Well, that gives you all 10 really good ideas of ways you can purpose in your friendships to keep them going. Courtney, it has been fabulous, and I mean that, to have you on to talk about all these great ideas. And I hope it's been a great encouragement to our listeners.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: You know, friendships are really important. Um, They are a gift from God, really. Our girlfriends can encourage us. They can support us. They can lead us closer to Christ by pointing us to Him. They can be helpful helpful, um, when we're going through struggles or when we just have something to celebrate. Um, so I'm, I'm really grateful for this podcast, this episode today, because it's, it's encouraged me to kind of put a little more effort into some of my friendships. Hey, maybe today though, you're sitting there and you're thinking, I don't really have any friends. Like that's wonderful. These two women talking on this podcast, they sound like they have lots of friends and everything's easy. And I have to tell you that that has not always been the case for me personally. I have had times where I struggled to keep friends or I had difficult, finding friends when I was in a new environment, like when I started going to a new church. But here's some things that I think are really good to do. Number one, pray. Pray and spend time talking to God. I know God is not going to be like the physical friend that you have on earth, but this is a time when you can kind of lean into God and spend more time in prayer and asking him to bring forth good relationships for you. And, um, you know, be on the lookout to see God answer that prayer. And then go do things. I think it's really easy to sit at home and expect people to come to you. So I say go and join a local church if you're not in one. And in your local church, go to a Bible study. When they have a women's event, join the women's event. Um, Go and find other women. Hey, you don't have to do an event at your house. You can say hey to a whole bunch of moms who have kids. Let's go meet at the park and try to get a few of them to come along. Um, And that's really my third one is make the invitation, invite someone to do something something. Um, It really takes both sides to get a friendship going. Courtney, it was so good to have you on today. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It was it was just great, and um, I really enjoyed this whole season all about friendships. I hope that um, all of you who have been listening um, that you know you've just enjoyed this season too. It's been just three really good months to talk about relationships, um, and we are going to be taking off the month of April here at Unshaken because I'm actually going to be unpacking after a big move into a brand new house. Um, but we, I know, I'm so excited. But we will spend some time getting ready to begin dropping some episodes starting the first Thursday in May. So if you haven't already, head over to your favorite podcast directory and subscribe so that you will get notifications of every time we drop an episode and you'll be ready to listen to them. You will not want to miss a single episode. And in the meantime, if you want to reach out to us, you can use our email, unshakensolm 622 at gmail.com. That's always in our show notes and let us know some of the things that you want to talk about. Um, It'll give me some ideas and food for thought for the next season, so I hope I get some emails from some of you. And I will look forward to meeting with you again Um, On Thursday, May 6th. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress because of God. Until next time.